lesson number seven, <clears throat> a sheep in Christ's care. And the lesson six was also about sheep, but it was, um, that Tim did, it was a sheep of Christ's flock. So this is a little bit different today. Um, so we'll get right into it. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Let's, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you for this day and just this time to come and uh, just sing and uh, worship you together uh, as a church and also just to learn more about you and uh, just speak to our hearts and uh, just help us to listen uh, with our hearts and uh, open our minds to what you would have uh, to say to us uh, this evening. And we love you, Lord. We need you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so a sheep in Christ's care, and our text is um, based in the parable. Of, of, again, we're learning about different, um, oh, what do we call that, metaphors <clears throat> in the Bible. So this one has to do uh, with John 10, um, the one where... Christ is talking about the shepherd, and um, the shepherd that entereth um, by the door is the shepherd, and the one that does not is not your shepherd. Um, those are the strangers, and uh, those are the thieves and robbers. And he talks about how he's a good shepherd, and so we're t uh, that's the one it's kind of basing this lesson off of. So... Um, We'll get right into the lesson. The introduction is, sheep have a special relationship with their shepherd that is characterized by dependence on the part of the sheep and by dependability on the part of the shepherd. This is a picture of the relationship our good shepherd wants to have with us. In our last lesson, we studied some of the characteristics of the sheep. In this lesson, we'll focus on the sheep's relationship to the shepherd. Sheep are valuable to the shepherd. Jesus used an illustration, one of, um, illustration of one lost sheep out of the flock of 100 to show how precious each individual person, person is to God. And I did underline a couple things on this introduction that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, for our relationship to be right with the Lord, we have to depend on Him. Just like the sheep and we can do that because he is dependable, and that works not because um, we have to, but it's because the Lord loves us, uh, and we are actually valuable to the Lord. Um, so it's not because we are nothing in the Lord's sight, and we're down here, and we're his, just his sheep, but he loves his sheep, and uh, we're very valuable to him. Um, so I thought that was kind of st stuck out to me. Uh, so we see how valuable we are to the Lord uh, in Matthew chapter 18, verses 11 through 14. And we'll go around the room and uh, read that. Uh, Dad, do you want to go ahead and start us out? For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Okay. 
it, Verily I say unto you, He loses more of that sheep than of the ninety-nine which were not, which went not astray. Even so, it is not the Lord your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. All right, so let's consider our relationship to our Lord, which is um, quote from Hebrews 13.20, that great shepherd of the sheep. Um, so if you want to go back, we'll go ahead and read all of John 10, uh, 2 through 18. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and start where we left off. But he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives, giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees, but he is, he is a hireling and cares not for the sheep. I am a good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And the other sheep I have, which are none of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man is from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. All right. So in that, and we'll, we'll get to it a little later, but it stuck out to me, and that is um, talking about the shepherd specifically there a lot. Um, is there is other shepherds in our lives that are more than willing to, to lead us uh, like the world and stuff, but they don't really care about you. Um, and, you know, some of those are at very least just care nothing about you and let you destroy yourself um, or something else destroy you, or sometimes it is um, they are out for your life and want to destroy you. Uh, but I think there's a little more on that a little later on. So point number one, what to the shepherd? What to the shepherd? Ooh, yes, coming. Coming to the shepherd. 
Yeah, so the, the three points kind of go, it kind of steps through our walk with the Lord and how it, that kind of progresses a little bit. So our walk with the Lord is kind of related, uh, is relating it to um, the sheep and their relationship with the shepherd. So point number one, coming to the shepherd. Uh, we tend to avoid certain types of people. For example, we dread spending time with those who are critical, complaining, or harsh. On the other hand, we are, um, there are people whose company we enjoy very much. We feel drawn to those who encourage and inspire, to those that are thoughtful and giving, to those who are joyful and fun. And um, yeah, hopefully we're not any of those people that people don't like being around. Um, Makes me take a, uh, a look at myself because it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I don't know. yeah, you don't like spending time with those people. And you're like, oh, well, not one of those people. So, yes. But Jesus drew people from nearly everywhere he went. They came to him for healing of illnesses, afflictions. They came when they needed spiritual guidance. They came on behalf of others who needed help. And they came because they wanted to hear his teaching. Jesus was approachable. No one who came to Jesus with a sincere and willing heart was turned away. Whatever the need was, Jesus was able and willing to meet that need. <clears throat> it was as simple as the story of the leopard who came to Jesus and said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus simply answered, I will be thou clean. Uh, then he touched the leprous man in Luke 5, 12 to 13, and, he, and immediately the leprosy departed from him. Jesus' arms are still open as the loving shepherd who is always there to meet the needs of his sheep. We need to come to the shepherd. So point number A, come for salvation. Right, that's where it starts. Oh, I missed something. Salutations. What am I spelling? Sal. That's better. Come for salvation. The greatest need each person faces is the need for salvation. This salvation can only be found in Jesus Christ. So John chapter 10, verses 7 and 9. Not sure where we left off. Okay, so John chapter 10, verses 7 and 9 says, <clears throat> Then Jesus saith unto them, Again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. So we see here that Jesus did not say, I am a door, or I am one of the doors. He said, I am the door. <clears throat> so illustration it has in here, it says like the church auditorium, uh, we have more than one door, but there's only one door, one way that you can enter into the presence of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I kind of thought of that as uh, um, like a castle keep. It's 
we're into, into the VBS thing. So it kind of made me think of the castle keep. There's only one way up, up to the king's chamber, and that is one door through the little spiral staircase that goes, always goes, um, that would be clockwise, because most people are handed. They want the harder to fight up the stairs right-handed with your shoe on. So yeah, that's our illustration. So it's like, like the castle keep and not like the stable. Lots of doors and places to get out. So John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Here is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And John, 1 John chapter 5, 11 through 12. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So this, <clears throat> excuse me, the scripture here is very clear that salvation only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. In Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Not by the works of righteousness, which, which we have done, but... According to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. So as uh, Tim mentioned in the, in the last lesson, we talked about how the sheep are defenseless and really our only protection that we have as sheep is really when we're being attacked as the shepherd. Um, <clears throat> and in the shepherd's presence, we're, we're safe from harm. Uh, we can't find forgiveness from our sins by our own merit. Only when, <clears throat> excuse me, only when we come to Jesus and put our trust in the blood He shed for our sins can we find forgiveness and salvation from God. So, in salvation, we can only come to the Shepherd uh, for protection. Just like um, parallels there of Christ's and His shed blood is the only thing that can. Forgive us from our sins. So, point B. So, if we come to Him for salvation, we need to come to Him for. Too many letters. It's long. Yeah, no. Go. Yes. All right. Come for strength. <clears throat> Just as sheep are dependent on their shepherd for everything, so we are dependent on Christ. Using another analogy to explain our relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, he stated our dependence on him. John chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. It has bolded there, without me, you can do nothing. The Apostle Paul thought he was a strong man before he met Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh, 
that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, <clears throat> which is in the law of blameless. So we see here, yeah, Paul was super smart, uh, had a super position, and was super godly in a sort of way, super religious, uh, moral, uh, even doing immoral things because of his zeal for trying to uh, be moral, kind of things like um, some of the things the Catholic Church used to do. Um, and some of those people thought they were doing right. So as a religious unbeliever, and there's probably so many of those in, in churches today, uh, in good churches, you, know, you, you never know um, what people are relying on uh, for, their, for their strength and for their salvation. It might be just because it's a good church. Uh, Paul thought he had everything in place. After he became a Christian, God allowed a specific weakness in his life so he would continually rely on the Lord's strength. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. And let what should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation thereof, given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, and reproaches, and necessities, and persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So if the Apostle Paul needed to come to the Lord for strength, surely we do. And it always made me think back to, uh, well, in that last verse, uh, Paul says, when I am weak, then am I strong. It's not because the Lord wanted uh, necessarily humble Paul to humble him. It was to make him strong. It wasn't to make him weak. It was to make him actually strong. And I uh, always kind of remember the analogy that um, uh, Pastor Cornette would give of sometimes the shepherd, if they had a sheep that kept going astray or something like that, that the shepherd would actually break one of the sheep's legs so he couldn't go away. Not because the shepherd didn't love the sheep, but because he was wanting to protect the sheep. Um, and that way he was making that sheep weak so he could actually be strong. So that all just shows the love of the shepherd. So Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, is a challenge to all of us to find strength in the Lord. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, reigneth not, neither is the earth? There is no certainty of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, 
and to them that have no might increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not Jesus himself needed spiritual strength as he neared Calvary. During his time of prayer in the garden, he received strength from above when he needed it. Luke chapter 22, verses 41 through 43. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. So, our shepherd invites us personally to come to him for strength in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that are labored and heavy burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The sheep needs its shepherd, and we need the Lord. How precious it is that Jesus invites us to come to him, first for salvation and then for strength. Run to his open arms. So once we come to the Lord, what do we need to do? Um, well, coming to the shepherd. So once we're with the Lord, we need to follow. Following the shepherd. Once we, <clears throat> once we come to our shepherd, we need to follow him. Because he is the creator and owner of both the sheep and the pasture, we belong to him. Psalms 100 verse 3. Know ye that the Lord he is God, it is he that hath made us not we ourselves, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. With the heart of a true shepherd, God delights in guiding us through life. Psalms 78 verses 50, 52. Pervade his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. All right. So following the shepherd, one of the most important things we do as the sheep to follow the shepherd is A, hear his voice. Hear his voice. A sheep is drawn to the shepherd's voice. The sheep's ability to hear and recognize the shepherd's voice provides access to the shepherd's guidance. We don't recognize his voice or hear his voice we are we don't have access to that guidance our key verse reveals that a sheep can distinguish its shepherd's voice from a stranger's voice it flees from the stranger and follows the shepherd many voices in the world today consistently clamor for our attention we have no shortage of advice and opinions if you're having trouble with a particular decision in your life, you can seek guidance from many different places. 
Some places, however, are better than others. Now, I, I guess as I heard it on the radio, it's a very popular thing and it's becoming uh, pretty dangerous in some ways of seeking medical advice on TikTok from random TikTok people. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, sounds like a great idea from random people. So, the illustration here if your car is making a noise um, that you are sure it wasn't built to make. Uh, which I'm not sure what uh, dad has this little noise in his car. <laughs> We're not quite sure if we're supposed to do that or not. A really loud relay or something that clicks on and off, but so far it's been driving good. So you can consult with thousands of websites for help, or you can go to a repair shop and get the opinion of a qualified mechanic, or you can go to your friend down the street and have him try. <laughs> so... Uh, is that, or you can just turn up the radio louder so that you won't hear the noise anymore. And how applicable is that in today's world? There's lots of things people try to turn up to drown out the things that we uh, don't want to hear. Some counsel leads you in the right direction and some leads you in the wrong direction. Even well-meaning friends can give poor guidance. The only counsel that is guaranteed to work is God's counsel. But how can we distinguish our shepherd's voice from all the voices that call to us? So does anybody have a, uh, an instance where they were, uh, took some bad advice or any stories like that? Well, yeah, one, one thing, don't ask kids for advice because they give you some very interesting advice. Anybody have anything to share there? All right, we'll move on. So, yeah, I was just thinking, uh, yeah, if you want some pretty comical advice, just ask your two and three-year-old. That would be quite funny. Like where he sleeps. <laughs> oh, did you? That's pretty funny. Oh, mom, did you have one? of us kids the, the one I think of specifically was Hannah and there's 
some close family members that really meant well, but had just some really bad advice for her. And they mean well and stuff, but it's just, yeah, not, not the right advice. And glad that uh, she listened to her parents. So, all that to say, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of places for advice, but make sure we're seeking God's advice. And we're tuned in to listening to his voice and knowing his voice. So hearing God's voice begins with a willing heart. Just as the shepherd does not put his sheep on a leash to lead them, our shepherd has allowed us a choice. He does not force us to follow him. Are we willing to follow as he leads? We must listen carefully for God's voice. He does not shout. The loudest voice we hear is not necessarily God's voice. The prophet Elijah experienced the gentleness of God's voice. During a great trial in his life, he had a special visit from God while he was alone in the cave at Mount Horeb. 1 Kings chapter 19, 11 through 12. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break it in pieces, the rocks, before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, the fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, he still The Lord did not speak through the wind or the earthquake or the fire. He spoke in a still, small voice. When Elijah heard that voice, he came out of the cave to speak with God. Are we listening for that still, small voice? The voice of God always lines up with the word of God. God does not give us... um, God does guide us individually, but he'll never guide us contrary to the commands and principles he has already revealed in his word. When you need God's guidance and direction for a particular area, start by studying all that God's word teaches on a subject. Listen carefully in church. God will speak to your personal need through the messages from his word. Ask God to give you the direction you need and seek counsel from godly people who know God's word. One of the key ways to learn to discern the shepherd's voice is by spending quality time reading his word every day. All right, so once we learn uh, to hear his voice, we have to obey his commands. Obedience to the shepherd's commands may be a matter of life or death for the sheep. The shepherd can see the dangers that the sheep cannot see, and he guides them in the right direction. Even so, God sees what we cannot see and knows the best direction for our lives. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Our shepherd knows what is best for us, and we ought to submit ourselves in obedience to him. Jesus explained that we cannot say we are following the Lord if we do not obey him. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? 
The Apostle John puts the matter very plainly in 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. And it has often been said, and especially through these series of books, um, I've seen it a few times, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. We can say we are following the Lord, but our actions are the real test of our obedience. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. James gives an illustration of the folly of simply hearing God's word, but neglecting to heed it. He compares this neglect to a man who looks in the mirror, sees changes he needs to make in his appearance, but turns away without making the needed changes. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. But be doer of, doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But he so into the perfect law of the redeemed, and he was he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his name. And it's interesting how the Lord says, um, it's like a man <laughs> who looketh uh, his natural face in the glass. So if it was a lady, she would have made those changes, and she would not have left that mirror until everything was right. So. <laughs> uh, it is not enough just to know what the Bible says. We need to be changed by God's truths. How foolish it would be to be to come to the shepherd to listen to it for his voice, and then refuse to follow his leading. All right, so we've got to come to the shepherd. We need to follow him. And when we do those things, we are loving the shepherd. Loving the shepherd. Behind each of God's commands is a love that we cannot even begin to comprehend. Simply stated, God is love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, and God has made us to respond to his love. In 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. A lawyer once came to Jesus and asked him to name the greatest commandment. Matthew chapter 25, 22, verses 35 through 38. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the, in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest If we indeed love the Lord with all of our hearts, and all of our souls, and all of our minds, we will have no problem listening to his voice and following his commands. Our actions will freely declare our love for him. Uh, actually, me and Katura were sort of talking about that this afternoon. Uh, verse, or verse, subpoint A, we love him by obeying. Okay. 
love Him by obeying. Our motive for obedience to Christ must be love. Most of us experience the strain of working for a boss or a manager whom we do not particularly like or respect. I have not had that in that situation. Uh, we obey because we want to keep our jobs, but sometimes we struggle with resentment even as we obey. <clears throat> so my scenario is more in college. I had two particular uh, professors that I didn't really that didn't really like me, and I didn't really like them. So <laughs> one had stayed that way. The, the other one uh, ended up being pretty good friends after it, so and we got through through the hard things. And, uh, so that was Jim Barnett. So, but uh, anyway, so that was my experience. Work has been good, uh, but I'm sure everybody has their experiences with authority that they're not particularly like or liked by. Contrast that scenario with working for someone who you generally like and respect. It makes a tremendous difference. The outward actions may be the same, but the attitude of love makes obedience much easier and even enjoyable. The practice of slavery was a great scourge in American history. There are some cases, however, where slaves were well treated by their masters. Some of these slaves chose to stay and serve their former masters uh, even after they were granted their freedom. Before they were freed, they served because they had to. As they grew to know and developed a relationship with their masters, they served because they wanted to. In both cases, they served, but the attitude of love for the master made a wonderful difference in the heart of the servant. If we love our Lord, we will be happy to serve and obey Him. Our obedience to God's word is evidence for our love for God and even of our salvation. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. All right. So in loving the shepherd, we love him by obeying. Subpoint B, we love him by, this is actually... To yes, nice. We love him by loving others. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God, but the second commandment is to love others. Matthew chapter twenty-two, verses thirty-nine. And is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Loving God and loving others cannot be separated. We show our love for God by loving others. First John chapter four verse twenty one. And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. How easy <clears throat> it is to be so consumed by our own burdens and problems that we lose sight of the needs of others. God wants, a, wants us to open our eyes to the needs of those around us. As an illustration here, uh, no matter how difficult my problem is, I have found that I don't need to look very far to find someone 
who has it worse. When I focus on how I can meet others' needs and encourage them, I find God often lifts my burdens in the process. And I have found the same, same thing, especially when you're so selfish, it's hard to figure out how hard you have it. But if you just look up, it's not, you don't have to look very far before you find somebody that's in a deeper struggle than you are. Uh, and it's uh, challenging or convicting a lot of times. <clears throat> so how can we say that we have the love of God when we do not seek to meet the needs of those around us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother hath need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in After Jesus' resurrection, he challenged Peter to show his love for Christ. You will remember that Peter had denied Jesus three times and afterward repented with bitter tears. Jesus graciously and lovingly restored Peter to his fellowship and three times asked the question, Lovest thou me? Peter did love Jesus and told him so. Jesus gave Peter the opportunity and privilege of showing that love by serving others. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. I think it's... Oh, did I say 1 John? Is John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17 on there? Nope. Okay. No more verses. All right, so I will read this one. All right, so John 21, verses 15 through 17 says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith, to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved, because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. We could paraphrase, do you love me, Peter? Then feed my sheep. Love my people and meet their needs. Uh, do... <clears throat> So do we love the Lord as Christians? Then we need to demonstrate that love by serving others and living for others. In conclusion, the shepherd-sheep relationship begins with our coming to the shepherd for salvation. Then Jesus invites us to come to him for every need we have, including our need for daily strength. Coming for, from any other source, this promise would be unbelievable. But coming from God himself... This is the promise we know will be fulfilled each and every day. God's love is beyond our comprehension. To properly nurture our relationship with our shepherd, we must listen to his voice and follow him in loving obedience. By doing so, we can more accurately portray his love to others. All right, so that's the conclusion of the message. Um, 
in our book today, In a, Sh a Sheep in Christ's Care. Let's go over, let's go over quickly a couple of the questions. Uh, as we come to the shepherd, what is the first and greatest need in our spiritual life? Salvation. Salvation. That, was a, that was the easy one. <laughs> so here's a little bit tricky one, kind of in that same category. What are the two characteristics of the special relationship sheep have with their shepherd? What is it? Uh, before that. So it has to do, yes. Yep, depend. So as sheep, we, are, we need to depend on the Lord, and the shepherd uh, is very, is de, is, he has dependability. So that's that dependence and the Lord's ability to take care of us. Because a lot of people depend on other things to take care of them, and those other things are not dependable. What should be our motive for obeying Christ? Love. Yep. How do we demonstrate God's love for us? Loving others. Has there been a specific time when you have seen the protection of the Good Shepherd in the midst of difficulties in your life? How were you able to see his dependability and or sense his strength? Anybody have a specific time that comes to their mind? Hard time and like lots of little things. I know things get people are friends, but like you never you go through a deep dark time that you look ahead to you get all scared and glad you didn't know what was coming. Yeah. Um, but you just walk right through it and like you're okay. Because yeah. it's there. It's like you know you wouldn't wish it to but you can feel strength into those deep dark times. And then you always go back to it because you're like, okay, I know he can get us through these things and he's gonna do it before. Amazing, like you look at some really hard things people go through, and it's like that's only the only the Lord. Um, don't know how you, there isn't a way you can get through some of these things as humans and people. Um, it's really the Lord's strength. So it's pretty neat. Pretty neat to see. Uh, describe a situation in which you knew that the Lord was telling you. Uh, was telling you what to do, but you chose instead to go your own way. In what ways did you find um, stubbornness removed from the shelter of the shepherd's protection? Ask the Lord to reveal any current areas of your life you had not submitted in this direction. So this was kind of a confusing one. Um, yeah, I, I remember a... Uh, uh, time I'm trying to remember what it was it just left me but dad told me not to do something and I did it anyway and there was I ended up getting hurt by it but I'm trying to remember what it was I can't think of it right off the top of my head I had it in there but I knew I should have wrote it down but yeah mom Seeing how the devil uses these Christians to just take you down and defeat you. And your first reaction, this is my first reaction, is 
to defend yourself. You know, somebody smacks you, you get smacked in the back. Yeah. So my mom always told me. <laughs> but you know, really, you just need to depend on the Lord. And I had to really work on giving that over to the Lord. It doesn't matter how many times they notch down. If you just give it to the Lord, you can take care of it a lot better than you can. And I still find that, even as long as it's been, there's still times when I go into Mount War where I run into different people who have their opinions on things with grandma. And they'll say ugly things or unkind things. And my first reaction is still to, wants to defend myself, but I know I need to let the Lord defend me. And when I learned to let the Lord defend me, I was able to rest in that. Because the other way, you just have that turmoil all the time. But I need to rest in the Lord. Nice. Yeah. I just think of uh, uh, sometimes those like little kids, you know, they're kind of watching Joe and stuff. You get themselves in little situations um, with other kids or the dogs or something, and they'll either want to fight back or run away. Well, then. sometimes but yeah that was good all right so we need to learn to listen attentively to the voice of the shepherd what are some ways we can increase our ability to hear and recognize the shepherd's voice in the bible yep following his directions um, just being in church uh, listening uh, service and with open hearts um, you can speak through um, the pastor and the word preached there uh, in here it also has being quick to respond when he speaks spending time alone with him in quiet um, to tune out other voices um, which are all all good good ones Uh, then ha has a open-ended question. When was the last time you physically de demonstrated God's love by helping someone in need? Did you find that your own love for God increased? So we'll uh, just end it at that one. Think about that in our, our hearts. Um, and Dan, could you come up and close us with our thoughts and prayers? Good lesson tonight. How to be a good sheep. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you for your, for your word and for the lesson tonight, Lord, and uh, how you've given us things in this world that we see and understand and how we can apply them uh, to our life and make it easier for us to, uh, to be good followers of, of you. And now we just ask that you watch over each family as they go home tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.